This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives and co-author of the book, Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. We're going to be talking about retirement today, and our guide is the article, 14 Retirement Mistakes You'll Regret, from Kiplinger.com. We'll talk about when to take Social Security, borrowing against your home, and what to do with your free time. We always want your personal finance questions as well, so give us a call today. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring. That's one 672 or email the show money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Ryder. Hope you're doing well this morning. Good morning. Having a great morning. Uh, any financial news in the news? Uh, yeah. So usually uh, second week of the month, we like to look at the employment situation report, which is for the, for the previous month. So for June, um, I think we had a pretty interesting, as they call it, employment situation. Um, as we know, we've, we've t- talked about what appears to be happening is uh, people who are not in the workforce, who are not even looking for a job, uh, so they're not even counted when you say, oh, who's employed and who's unemployed. If you're not looking for a job, then we don't bother with you. You might be a student. You might be a homemaker. You might just be like really lazy or bored or whatever. You might just enjoy fishing. Um, but people are coming out of that category of not looking for a job, and people are starting to look for a job. Um, so even though the the actual, you know, the the change in payrolls, it was good. It was a little above expected two two hundred thirteen uh, thousand folks. Um, the the unemployment rate actually went up. It went up from 3.8 to 4.0, which is kind of a big jump, but that's just because so many people um, started looking for a job. So they all of a sudden, you know, just when you start looking for a job, you move from just a human who doesn't get counted in the employment situation to unemployed. And then when you get that job, you you become employed. Um, So that's very interesting. And it's going to be interesting to see where that goes in the next few months. you know, are more people coming off the couch? Are uh, people going back onto the couch? Are are people actually getting jobs? And so that's that's kind of an interesting thing, an exciting thing, and that all feeds into um, consumer sentiment. Consumer comfort indexes has, have all been um, up pretty good. People are pretty confident about what's going on. Um, they're looking around. They're seeing they're seeing jobs being advertised. They're seeing their friends getting raises. Um, well, people aren't getting raises that much, so hold your horses. Um, but they're seeing that, and that makes them confident, and, and that's very, very good for our economy. So is, has there been any speculation as to why these people are leaving the one category of not actively seeking a job and moving into the looking for the job category? Yeah, so we kind of expect to see that when the unemployment rate gets so low. Uh, when, you know, the unemployment rate was 3.8%. So for every 100 people who were either working or looking for a job, then there were only 3.8 people who didn't actually have one. So if a company wanted 
to hire somebody, it was it's getting really hard to find that those last few people. So that's why, you know, there's a much bigger pool of folks who are just sitting on the couch. And, you know, you hear it all the time. If you turn on um, if you turn on the TV, you look in the newspaper there. People are advertising for jobs um, all over. And, and and so folks sitting on the couch are starting to notice that and hopping off and getting a job. And so obviously the more people in the workforce, potentially that would be good for the economy. Absolutely. Um, more people working, more productive workforce, more money flowing through the economy, more people earning, more people spending. All of that is is good news. All right. Uh, we have an email here that uh, that uh, if you would go ahead and read that. Yeah. So we have, um, have somebody... Uh, emailed in they said they have a high deductible health plan uh that is an hdhp for those in the know um and they have an HSA with that. And this was part of, well, we've had high deductible health plans. It's typically considered, I think it's above $2,600. If your deductible is above $2,600, um, I could be wrong on that, uh, then it's considered high deductible. And you are eligible to have a health savings account, which essentially you put money in, you get a little bit of a tax break for putting money in. You can put up to, I think, $2,000 a year. And then you can spend that money tax-free on medical expenses. I actually have an HSA. Um, I find it very useful. I have just a little debit card. So, you know, I go to the dentist and I swipe my card and I pay for that. I go pick up prescriptions, I swipe my card, I pay for that. So that's all, you know, kind of a, it's an, it's a nice benefit. Um, it keeps you, it keeps your insurance premiums low. But you do have that high deductible. It's great for younger folks. Um, so he says, when do I have to stop contributions to my HSA at retirement? Um, you do not have to make contributions to an HSA, so uh, you can stop that whenever. Um, also, when you when you move away from the high deductible health plan, if you if you change plans, if you get a much better plan with a lower deductible, then you're going to need to stop because you're not going to be eligible to contribute. You can still spend from that HSA, though. And are there any retroactive penalties on starting Medicare as they talk about in the closure? I'm not exactly sure if he's talking about something very specific to this plan, which I, I don't have in front of me. But as far as Medicare goes, signing up on time is very important. So when you turn 65, you, ha- you have like you have a couple month window to sign up for Medicare. And um, hitting that is important, even if you're not going to be using it. Um, otherwise, you will have a small penalty. Penalty, uh, through the rest of your life. And then again, a reason someone might have a high deductible health plan would be that the premium itself would be lower? The premium is lower, and, and for someone who doesn't anticipate a lot of medical problems, it's, it's sometimes called catastrophe insurance. And so, you know, again, you know, small things, you know, if you have a $1,000 doctor bill, sorry, like you got to pay the whole thing. But if something big happens and you have a $10,000 doctor bill, you know, having a deductible of a couple thousand dollars. You only have to pay part of that. Um, it kind of works out nicely. Um, but, yes, much less, much lower premiums. All right. As I mentioned, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, retirement mistakes uh, based on an article from Kiplinger.com. Our producer, Liz Gill, does a good job of coming up with uh, things that we can talk about. But we're always here looking for your personal finance questions. So don't ever feel like your question is off topic. If you have a personal finance question that you need help with, please always feel free to give us a call, and we'll see what help we can give you each Tuesday morning. The Number two call, if you do have a question, is one eight seven 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 se
877 MPB Ring. It's 1 672 7464. And you can, like the, the email I did this morning, send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So we've got to 14 things to go through. Hopefully, we'll get through them all today. And right before the show, I asked you to kind of give us on a scale of one to five as we go through these things, kind of how serious mm-hmm. a mistake you think they are, because just kind of glancing through the list, some things seem to be a little bit more uh, serious than others. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. start off with number one, which I would give kind of a low score to, but we'll see what you have to say. It says relocating on a whim and Kiplinger's advice is to test the waters before you make a permanent move. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of, I gave this a two. Uh, so it's kind of important that you don't simply relocate on a whim. And the reason is, I mean, it's not just like a change of state might be a bad thing for you. It's that a huge financial decision requires planning. Um, and so that's why I said that's a two. It's a more general thing. Um, but, it, you know, if, if you're going to, you know, I see people talk about downsizing a lot. And sometimes, especially if you own your home and your home isn't, you know, huge uh, to start with, then it doesn't necessarily make sense for you to downsize. Um, it, but again, that's all going to be personal to you. But, you know, s- someone with uh, a huge home that they raised their five children and their 11 horses at, you could probably save some money by moving to a little condo. Um, but someone who's moving from a $180,000 house to a $160,000 house, House, uh, that also has an HOA fee in the neighborhood next door. There's there's, there's not going to be a lot of. I mean, you're gonna you're probably going to come out worse just on closing fees on that transaction and just the just the hassle of moving. So so relocating on a whim, don't do it. But. It, it's a big thing that you need to plan for. Also, I would imagine if you're in a house that you paid for, you do have some equity in that. And then mm-hmm. if you were to move to another place, you lose that equity. Yeah. I mean, depending on how you do that transaction. But but yeah, you know, if if, if you've paid for a house and you know the maintenance of that house and, and it's, it's not overwhelming, then... It, Downsizing might not necessarily just because you don't use one or two bedrooms doesn't mean you need to you need to just just totally move away. All right, um, number two on our list is falling for two good to be true offers. Oh my gosh, I put that as a number two. Like, don't fall for scams ever. Like, th- this isn't retirement advice. This is general advice. Don't fall for scams. We did a whole program on scams. Don't yeah. don't fall for them. It's great advice all the time. And also uh, this morning on Mississippi Edition that we talked about the uh, the no call list uh, and that sort of thing. And it's it's just getting uh, much worse and worse. These telemarketing mm-hmm. calls. Some of them are legitimate. Uh, others are not so. Um, and so you know. And and again, if it's too good to be true, it it usually is. So that's yeah. a red flag right there. Yeah, I mean, I generally speaking, don't answer the phone if I don't know the number. Um, that doesn't work for everybody because some people, you know, do expect calls from other numbers, but. You know, leave a message or send a text or an email, something else that I can more carefully verify who you are. And it always uh, does not hurt to remind folks, don't ever get out any kind of personal social security number, financial number, bank account oh, numbers, gosh. anything like that. Absolutely. Uh, anybody that needs that information, uh, you can get it other ways, not over the, the uh, telephone. And again, most legitimate um, banks and businesses and that sort of thing will not do that sort of business via the telephone. Uh, yeah, yeah. O- or it'll be a case where you're calling them to access your account, and it'll be a number that you know. Um, 
whereas you know they can they can spoof a number when they call you. All right. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we will continue talking about 14 retirement mistakes that you will regret. Kiplinger.com is our source material for this. Also, we're looking for your personal finance questions. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're talking today about 14 retirement mistakes you'll regret. Our source material is Kiplinger.com, but we're always looking for your personal finance questions. Your personal finance questions are never off topic on Money Talks. So if you have one this morning, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Perhaps you have a retirement question, maybe one about investing, your credit situation, buying a house. Uh, whatever question you have, we'll try to give you the best information information that we have. So uh, we've gone through two and just we'll recap as we go along. The first one was relocating on a whim. Uh, probably a good idea anytime you make any sort of major uh, financial decision like that. Uh, don't jump into things. Take your time. Uh, make sure you've uh, thought things out. Number two on our list was falling for too good to be true offers. And obviously, again, mentioned before the break, the name of that itself kind of gives you a red flag. If something is too good to be true, oftentimes it actually is. So we'll move on to number three on the the list. Again, Kiplinger.com is our source material for this list. Uh, number three is planning to work indefinitely. Thoughts on that one, Ryder? Uh, yeah, so I uh, rated this one a four. One, it, it has the word in it, planning. Planning is very good and very important. Um, I think their main issue with it is they're saying, you know, anything can happen. If you, if you plan on working forever, but you get laid off when you're 55 and can't find another job, that's a real big problem. Um, and so w- I think that's just something to consider when you are planning on working indefinitely. Also have contingency plans because any plan requires you to look at what are the risks that I'm facing. And and, and when you're planning on working forever, the risk is that you, you can't. Either your employer lets you go, uh, you have an accident, you have a health situation, even uh, you have a family member with a health situation, or just something can come up, and that's what you need to be prepared for, either with um, maybe an alternate work plan, or of course savings, investments, retirement accounts, pensions, etc. And I guess another way to say this, to, to put this on the list is, I don't need to think about retirement because I'm planning to work forever. Exactly. 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 Um, so while while that just on its own is not a big problem, the big problem is if you don't have your contingency plan, you know, be that savings or insurance or something like that. And also it mentions here that if you do plan to work a little bit, uh, uh, continue to work as you get older to kind of keep your skills up to date. Obviously, you know, with mm-hmm. technology advancing the way it is, uh, sometimes uh, yesterday's tech 
technology is obsolete. Uh, and so uh, if you want to stay in the workforce, uh, keep your skills up to where you will be a productive uh, worker. That's absolutely right. Even um, even even if you're in kind of a managerial position, you know, what are new techniques? You know, because, you, you know, new people coming out of uh, business school, you know, they have learned different things from you. Um, you've got experience, but they've got new ideas as well. This is Money Talks, and we're going through a list of 14 retirement mistakes uh, from Kiplinger.com, but also looking for your personal finance questions. Phone lines open. Give us a call if you have one today at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 By the way, a little bit earlier we talked about scams and things to be on the lookout mm-hmm. for. Uh, if you've uh, come across one uh, recently that you would like to alert other people about, uh, please give us a call. You know, the one I uh, have heard about is, or actually I, I caught the tail end of it because I've gotten, like a lot of people, I, I let those calls go to voicemail, and so I got the tail end of it. There is one that's making the rounds about the IRS and, you know, they're about to be arrested, you know, call us, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. The interesting thing about that one I found is that the grammar is so poor that – I, you, you know, it's not coming from a native English they're, speaker or certainly someone better. in the IRS. They're getting better, though, and I've seen um, I've seen email ones that are pretty pretty good. Um, for instance, uh, our business card we have an American Express, and I saw there was an email appeared to be American Express, all pretty legit. There's just a little document in there. Um, which looked, I mean, they had a, a big thing is people will try to uh, fake a company's, uh, an email from a company. And they'll just have, they'll have the logo wrong. They'll be misspelled. They'll have, you know, an extra O in Google. It's obvious stuff. But this was very good because it's, it's not that hard to recreate a logo. I mean, I could copy and paste it. I mean, it's not that hard. Um, but there was there was just one little thing on the PDF, which... If you don't recognize the sender, don't open a PDF. A PDF itself can can contain vulnerabilities. Um, but always look always look at the email address of the sender because they can write, they can have it appear to you. It can say American Express customer service. But the actual email address underneath is scammer at scam, scam, scam <laughs> dot internet. And, and, and when you look at that, you'll, you'll notice there'll be something weird. It's not, it's like, why is it amex.ru? You know, why, you know, why is this coming from? Yeah. So that's where you notice it. And, and it's good to report those to someone. Don't be embarrassed about it. Well, I mean, you know, it is embarrassing, but don't be embarrassed to share that information with somebody else. Um, not only with public radio, but I, I think our attorney general, uh, Jim Hood, he's always, always advocating for people to let his office know when they see something. Because if he sees a couple incidences of something, um, he has a lot of resources to put that information out there and also go, you know, fight back against those scammers. So, so get it out there so that people people don't get hurt. And, you know, you had a good point there. You know, <clears throat> I think, like I say, a lot of us now are with uh, the call block software and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. If it's a telemarketer, let it go to voicemail. Don't let it bother you. But also, as you said, if it's a if it's a, a, an email that you're not familiar with or coming from some odd-looking thing, mm-hmm. uh, don't even open any of the attachment because, as you said, they, that can contain uh, malware and, and, and bad stuff in the actual email without you even having to reply any, mm-hmm. to anything. So, yeah. uh, kind of sad, but, uh, you know, be savvy. Try, let's try to 
to stay one step ahead of these scammers because we know they're working very hard to separate you from your money or mm-hmm. other things as well. So, all right. So uh, we've gone through our list. We're on to number four, and I think this would be a biggie: uh, putting off saving for retirement. This is the biggie. How did you know, Kevin? <laughs> um, absolutely, it's never too early to start. Say, uh, sometimes we have parents call in with six-month-old children, and they're like, "Is it too early to start saving?" And I'm like, "No, you should have started six months ago." Or actually, uh, what would it be? Thir- uh, Fifteen months ago, you would have known. Fifteen months ago, um, and so no, there's it's never never too early to uh, start saving. Um, but on the flip side, if if you if it if if you are you know mid career later career and you look back and you're like oh my goodness I haven't saved I'm doing so badly don't let don't don't let that defeat you like it's also kind of never too late you're gonna have to work harder you're gonna have to save a little more if you're starting later but saving for retirement is so important it is the biggest financial decision most people will make because it's the point where you are living off of what you've earned before. It's the point where you stop earning money and start just only spending it. You know, you'll have some Social Security. You'll have maybe a pension. Um, not many people have that pension, but but you are on your own for a lot of that. And of course, the amount you need to save is going to depend on your situation, your income level. The more money you make, the more you're going to need to save. Um, the less money you make, the more you can rely on things like Social Security. Um, but absolutely, look at that regularly. Every time you change a job, every few years, sit down with an advisor, sit down with your spouse and say, where are we? You know, what's our whole plan look like? Because people change jobs, people change ideas, people change plans every few years. And so just make sure you're on track and you're going to be doing the right thing for the next few years. So Kipelier says the biggest financial regret Americans have when a survey by Brankweight was waiting too long to start saving for retirement. But as you pointed out, it's never too early to start saving for retirement. But also on the flip side, Mm -hmm. it's never too late to start saving for retirement as well. Yes, the moral of the story is save for retirement. It's a big deal. All right, we've got a phone call to get to. It's uh, Lori from the Mississippi Crime Stoppers on the coast. Lori, thanks for calling. What do you have for us? Hi. Um, I, I'm i listening to your show, and you're talking about scammers. Well, actually, I have something about skimmers. Ooh. Uh, you know, we're used to the skimmers being uh, found on the gas pump. Mm-hmm. Well, now they are being found inside the store whenever you slide your card to buy something. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever you go into a store, you need to kind of look and pull on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I've watched videos of them uh, putting the device on top of the machine, and it takes all of about two seconds. So when the uh, attendant is hurt, She's turned away from the machine. Uh, someone can just pop it on in, like I said, a matter of two seconds. So hmm. make sure you're pulling on your machine before you put your card through. That's all I want to say. Thank you so much for your show. Hey, Lori, before you go, do you know, um, would that work with the, because, you know, the, some now have the chip reader. Uh, is it really for just the, the swipe, or is it also, do you know if it, it'll affect the, the chip reader? I'm not sure if it was the, the chip reader, too. You can go onto our website. We have a, a couple of videos, Mississippi Coast Crime Stoppers, actually on our Facebook page. 
and there will be photos of uh, what was found on exit 50, the Ocean Springs exit, at one of the gas stations. Wow. All right. And, and it's, it's all across our state, and, of course, it's all across our country. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Hey, Lori, great. Thank you so much for your call this morning. And, again, a skimmer is something that they put over the legitimate uh, card reader machine. And so uh, as you swipe your card, and I'm curious, I guess it reads a, as your normal transaction, but also then it skims it off so it's you're yeah. actually giving your information to the legitimate business, but also to the scammer who has put that device on there. Yeah. And then, like she said, you know, you kind of always heard about them. Oh, they're at gas stations and stuff. Places where the the um, the card reader is well out of sight of anybody. I mean, you know, you could spend as long as you want at a credit card reader at a gas station. Nobody would raise a red flag. So that's a very good, you know, just pay attention if something looks unusual and uh, look for weird things on your credit cards. Yeah, that's another one I was going to say. This is one that Nancy uh, likes to talk about and has mentioned many times on the show is, um, you know, every time you get your statement or even with your debit card, uh, constantly look at see what uh, transactions are being recorded there. And if you see something that doesn't look right, uh, go ahead and and investigate. A lot of times it may be a little embarrassing. I know a couple of times I've looked at something and I thought, wait, I don't see. And then you call up and you're like, oh, that's right. I did make that. But again, Better, better safe than sorry in a situation like that, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, time for another break. Uh, we've got some open phone lines. Again, looking for your personal finance questions. We've been talking about retirement, st- retirement mistakes as well. So if you have a personal finance question for us, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can always email the show as well. Money at mpbonline.org. Back with more Money Talks after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at Do Perspectives and co-author of the book Piggy Planet. Prudent investors get going young. Today we're talking about retirement mistakes uh, based on source material from Kiplinger.com. We also, as we do each Tuesday, are looking for your personal finance questions. The phone number to call to join the conversation is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We've got another caller on the line. So before we get back to the list, we invite Amy into the conversation, calling in from Byram. Good morning, Amy. Hi. Hey, good morning. Uh, just a, a little tip that I've, I've discovered, or you have used, is it, I used to keep up with all the paper slips from gas, and, and mm-hmm. they just got cumbersome and lost and matched them to my statement. But I, what I do now is when I pump gas, I've picked an arbitrary number, like one, and every time I fill it up, I make sure that it ends on one. And then uh-huh. when I look through my bank statement or my uh, credit card statement, then if it doesn't end with one, I didn't buy it. Aha. Uh-huh. Very good. Uh, that's clever. Okay. Yeah. 
so like a ten dollars and one cent or something like that. Right, exactly. So you've yeah. gotten really good at the uh, the gas station bowling game, huh? <laughs> Do I win the tip of the day? <laughs> that's pretty good. That's a good one, Amy. Thanks for calling, okay. and uh, thanks for listening. So yeah, that's a and that's an easy way because again, you just look at your statement and see the mm-hmm. O one, and when you don't see it, uh, you know to investigate yeah. further. So thanks, Amy, for that call. I uh, do have some open phone lines again, ready for your personal finance questions, or if you have a tip or a scam that you're aware of that you'd like to let others know about, give us a call today at one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We're going through some retirement mistakes uh, from Kiplinger.com. A quick recap of the ones we've talked about. Number one was relocating on a whim. If you're going to relocate, do some research first before you jump into something. Number two, falling for too good to be true offers. If they are too good to be true, usually they are. Uh, Number three, I don't need to plan for retirement because I plan to work indefinitely. You never know what might happen. Uh, Downsizing, uh, a health issue, those sorts of things. The biggie that we've come across so far is putting off saving for retirement. And again, before the break, we said Mm -hmm. it's never too early, nor is it ever too late to really begin thinking about saving for retirement. Because as you said, Ryder, that's the nest egg. That's what you're going to live off of. Also, it's never too early. The earlier you start, the longer that money has to grow. So and and the less money you will have to put in overall to get that to get those goals. Yeah, I think for for young people, if if they could see one of those charts that show you how much money can multiply (laughs) over that, I mean, that to me would convince almost anybody to at least begin some sort of small savings, because uh, that's that really is the power of of long term uh, savings for retirement. Uh, Number five on the list, claiming Social Security too early. So I rated this a three. This one depends a lot on your personal situation. For some people, it does make sense to claim early. Uh, for some people, it makes sense to claim at retirement, uh, full retirement age. For some people, it makes so much sense to wait until you're 70. And and just a general way of thinking about it is um, if, you, if you're on your own, how much you know, are you going to depend more on Social Security or are you going to depend more on your own savings and investments? You know, if you have a ton of money saved up or you have a very generous pension from another job that's going to do a great job taking care of you, then you can claim Social Security early in order to let that other money grow, let those other benefits compound. Um, and that might that might be the best thing for your situation. Uh, whereas if you don't have a whole lot saved up and you're going to depend a lot on Social Security, then working a little longer and delaying those benefits is going to make a huge difference in what you have in retirement. So that does depend on you personally. Um, Plus, if you're married, there's all sorts of strategies there, uh, especially if there's a a decent age difference between you and your spouse. Uh, the, so so it's not it, too early is not necessarily the problem. Um, but not uh, again, not approaching it with a plan is a big problem. And I guess it can range anywhere from 62 to 70, I, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. 62 is the earliest. Your full retirement age is going to be somewhere around 66 to 67. It just depends on when you were born. And uh, of course, at 70 is when it stops growing. The benefits don't get any bigger at that point. And again, I would say that, as you said, to planning, it might be a good idea as you're nearing retirement age and thinking about Social Security, that might be a good time to go to a financial planner to help get some Mm -hmm. advice about what your best strategy would be for when you want to claim Social Security. Exactly. Uh, Before we head on with the list, another call to get to. Max has called in from Raymond today. Good morning, Max. Go ahead. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Doing good. 
I have a comment and, and, and would like to uh, know your take on this, and I'll hang up after I ask the question. One is state-deferred compensation. There are numerous people that work for the state of Mississippi, and there's an alternative investment mm-hmm. program called mm-hmm. state-deferred compensation. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, tried to encourage young people to work for the state to get involved. It's pre-tax dollars that are mm-hmm. invested, and they seem not to be interested you're, in it. You're doing the Lord's work, Max. Keep it up. <laughs> okay, and the next one is is disability insurance. Another thing that... Uh, I've talked to my kids about they seem a little disinterested and stuff, but you never know when you're going to get injured or sick and unable to work, and those dollars come in handy. I'd just like to know your comments about the state deferred compensation and the disability. Uh, thanks so much uh, for calling in, Max. Those are those are very good. I do appreciate that you're encouraging people to participate in their Mississippi Deferred Compensation if they have it available. For those who don't know or are just starting working for the state or maybe even don't work for the state, it's kind of like a 401k uh, for when you're when you're working for the state. Um, as you, the Mississippi employees have PERS, which is a pension fund. Uh, PERS also operates the deferred compensation plan, uh, so it's just a little extra. Um, PERS you generally take, well, you do take as a pension, so you get money every month. Um, but Mississippi deferred compensation, that's just that's just going to be money you've saved, and you can have that invested. They don't have a match to that, uh, but it's just a good way to put away a little extra money, save a little money on. Taxes and have something uh, set aside for you when you retire. Um, disability insurance. So there's there's a lot of factors to disability insurance, and uh, of course, you know, if we have a, if we have an insurance uh, person who's an expert in this area listening in, do call in. Uh, but. It's going to depend on, you know, what sort of job do you have? You know, is it, is it the sort of job where a disability which could be covered by insurance is going to is, – is, is a real large risk and, um, and paying for it is going to be worth it? Um, of course, there are, you know, Social Security disability. Ha- there's, there's some stuff there, but what that covers is potentially a lot more limited than what a – I believe he was referring to private disability insurance – um, so with any insurance, um, especially, you know, that's not one that's as I feel that's not talked about as much. And it, it's it's particularly important. You know, if you're the sole breadwinner, you're going to have to look at a couple of different insurances. Um but but that's going to be that's going to depend on what your occupation is, what your financial needs are, and of course, most importantly, what the terms of that insurance are. Um, so that's a good thing to think about. Um, it's a good thing to consider, um, especially if you don't have the say you don't have the savings and you're the sole breadwinner. It becomes more important then. Um, but it's something to look at. All right, thanks for your call, Max. So we're looking for your personal finance questions as well this morning. The number is one eight. Seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. We're talking today about some retirement mistakes uh, based on an article from Kiplinger.com. We're working our way. We're almost halfway through the list. Probably won't get to the full list, uh, but we've got a lot of uh, interesting topics that we've talked about so far. Uh, number six on the list, and again, I think this might be another maybe four or five borrowing 
from your 401k? Ooh, I put this as a number three, Kevin. Okay, all right. Ooh, this is why I'm the financial advisor and you're the radio host. Um, borrowing from your 401k. Again, if this is, it, it, the details matter a lot here. Um, it, this is vastly better than cashing out of your 401k. That might be the most one of the most expensive mistakes you make. Uh, say you have a 401k that's $100,000 and you need $10,000. Uh, and then you, if you just take that $10,000 out, uh, then you're going to have to pay taxes. And one, you have to pay taxes on that and probably some penalty tax. You might pay 30% in taxes. You paid $3,000 just to get $10,000. That's more expensive than an ATM, and ATMs are expensive. Um, if you borrow from your 401k, however, uh, you don't have the money in the same you know growth as you would before, but the, you do pay interest. You're kind of paying that interest to yourself. Um, so it's not that big of a deal. I, w- I wouldn't say, you know, borrowing all the money from your 401k, if you're in a situation where you think you need to borrow all the money from your 401k, you might need to look at what you're spending it on. Um, any time when you find yourself in kind of an emergency borrowing situation, situation, you might, you know, do consider also what you're spending that, where that debt is going, why, how you got in that situation. Um, but the process of borrowing from your 401k, it's not super bad. It's, it's definitely better than just cashing out your 401k and you just, you just lose all of that. Uh, Kiplinger does point out, however, that, you know, when you're paying that back, you're probably not going to put as much new, as money, new contributions yeah. in. And then also it suggests, um, if you are looking for ways to pay college tuition, um, that sort of thing, that there are other sources of, of, of loans. But as mm-hmm. you say, you know, again, on a lot of these, it's like we talked about that first one sort of jumping into something before you're thinking about it. And a lot of these are, you know, put some thought into this before mm-hmm. you do a number of these yeah. on the list. Because, again, as we said, this is your retirement. This is your nest egg. This is what you're going to live on uh, when you stop working. So it's important uh, that you have as much money as possible to enjoy uh, your retirement as best you can. And I know everyone out there is rolling their eyes saying, of course, the financial planner is saying it's a good idea to plan for your finances. (laughs) But, yeah, that's that's just kind of how we are. (laughs) Number seven on the list, failing to plan how you'll fill your free time. This is a five. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm sorry if you're bored during retirement. That's not that's not the biggest problem on the list. Like you should have something to do, but just figure it out. And a lot of times people retire because they don't have any. To do, I know uh, when my older brother retired, my, my dad was kind of like, uh, "So, so what do you do all day?" He's like, "Well, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm out at the beach, you know, enjoying." I mean, but w- what are you doing? What are you that doing? Is, that <laughs> is what like, he wants to do. It, like, yeah, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to go and judge someone. Oh, all he does is fish all day. That's what he wanted to do. <laughs> he worked forty years so he could get to the point where he could just sit down and fish, and he's enjoying it, and that's okay. It's okay to not fill your time. It's okay not to be the most active senior just you're retired enjoy it live off the fruits of your labor i will say though in my case i'm afraid i would become a hermit who sat at home playing video games all day so in my case i think i am going to try to do things but you know it it is a good idea maybe to try to get involved in some things if you have a hobby that you might want to take to the next level or Mm -hmm. you know take some classes that maybe you hadn't taken before uh it might be a good idea to try to get yourself out there so uh you don't end up like me in in the hermit that you know that's that weird guy that lives down the street that never comes out of his house Uh. i just hear MPB playing from the windows. 
He keeps screaming at the TV. I'm not sure what that's all about. Okay, one final break this hour. Uh, We are talking today about retirement mistakes. Our source material is an article from Kiplinger.com. There's still time, though, for you to call in with your financial question. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. We'll be back to wrap up the program after this last break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspective. We've been talking about some retirement mistakes to avoid. It's based on an article we found at Kiplinger.com. We've also been looking for your personal finance questions. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Quick recap of some of the things we've talked about today. We talked about uh, relocating on a whim might not be a very good idea. If you're going to make a major uh, decision like that, put some research into it. Uh, if uh, you plan to work in debt Definitely, and don't have to save for retirement. That might not be a good strategy either due to uh, health issues, uh, downsizing, that sort of thing. Uh, the big one, putting off saving for retirement. Again, we talked about the idea this is the money you're going to be living off of when you stop working, so it's never too early nor too late to start saving for retirement. Uh, and we talked about uh, claiming Social Security. You might want to investigate that, see what works out best with your situation. You might need to take it as early as 62, but if you can wait, you can wait up until 70 and that might be better for your particular situation. We press on, and the next one on the list is putting your kids first. And I love the way they say this. <laughs> putting the bill for private tuition and lavish nuptials at the expense of your own retirement savings could come back to haunt all of you. Yeah, I mean, you know, invest in your kids in that way if they're definitely going to be taking care of you in the future. Um, this is a matter of can you afford it? Uh, it's and, and go ahead and say, you know, if you have a special needs child or, you know, people have children, in, in who even in their adult years are, are in tough situations and and really really can benefit from their parents' support and and that's great and if you can afford to do that that is very good and important that you do um, but for a lot of folks it is an issue of affordability you know we encounter folks who you know their their kids are you know in their thirties and maybe they still help them out with this maybe they bought them a car last year and so they paying a couple hundred dollars on a on a car note look you know if if your children are working and they are able to be on their own, let them let, let them spread their wings and fly. Um, and it can be it can be really hard. Uh, some children can be very manipulative. Uh, some children, you know, some parents just want to keep helping, but you have to be very clear about what you can afford. And and that's something that um, I've been called in as to be a third party to say, look, this is what you can afford to spend on your child. Um, and, and that's, that's that. And, and to kind of say also to the child, like, I'm, I'm sorry, but she can't give you that money. She doesn't 
have that money to give you. Um, so, you know, it can be very useful to have a third party in situations like that um, to help you understand what you can afford and also to uh, put a little bit of distance financially in between you and your children. And I think most children, when they stop and think about it, would want their parents to be comfortable in retirement and maybe in the short term might benefit from it. But I think in the long term might have some regrets if what they have gotten yeah. from their parents puts those, their parents in a bad spot in retirement. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. Janice has called in from Gaucher. Good morning, Janice. Go ahead, please. Hi there. Um, I just wanted to make a comment about something and then ask a question. Okay. I rec- Well, in 2016, in November, broke at my ankle and mm. my leg. So I'm am am a state employee. I do have insurance, mm-hmm. and I'm also now 64. So I was 63-ish when this all happened. Uh, the thing I found out about disability insurance is you really have to pay attention to what your benefits are going to be. Mm-hmm. I went ahead and took something with the first since I had a lot of sick leave built up. I went ahead and got the stuff so it didn't start until 30 days after the injury, and I was out of work. Um, Didn't realize that I really only got two months. So when I put that delay in it, I didn't get the disability payment for two months. I really got it in effect for one. Mm -hmm. And also, since I'm now 64, once you hit your full retirement age, for me it's 66, I may take this again for one more year this fall, mm-hmm. but once you hit for full retirement age, it doesn't pay anything. Mm. So you really have to look at things like that carefully. Mm-hmm. And my question to you is this. The other thing I've been using is something that we have access to called a medical flex account. I put so much money each month into that. Um, I then have money, which I use the disability for, you know, to pay my share of the hospital bill and so forth and surgeon fees. Do you think medical flex insurance would be a better use of my money as far as upping that next year in case I had an emergency? Um, okay, so the very good point uh, about paying attention to the terms of your insurance. And that, I mean, that goes with any insurance, but something like disability is a lot more complex than, say, just life insurance. Uh, life insurance is pretty clear. Like, you're dead, you're dead. Good right, to go, right. pay it out. Um, disability insurance is going to be very important. You know, when does it kick in? What all things are covered? You know, if you just trip and fall at work, is that covered? Or, you know, is it only, you know, if you type a lot or your hands go, you know, things like that. Um, the flex account, um, I think, is that an FSA, a flexible savings account you're talking about, maybe? Well, it can only be used for medical benefits. It okay. is pre-taxed money. Uh-huh. So it does lower my tax liability. And I'm also at a point that both of my sons will now be 26 or older. Mm-hmm. So basically, there's no one that I'm going to be able to pay health insurance for and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't want, you know, I may go up a little bit. I'm currently doing about 100 a month into that. Mm-hmm. And I've pretty well been able to use it up through hospital bills or any other kind of medical bills because our state insurance is kind of getting 
to pay less and yeah. less. So one thing with the uh, typically the accounts called the flexible accounts. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, again, I'm not 100 percent sure of the details of the specific account that you have, but um, it's like we talked about earlier. The health savings accounts you can put money in and leave that money in, and, and you can yeah. let it grow and you can use it later. And um, with the flexible savings account, they typically have some restrictions. Um, like you said, it can be used for medical expenses, but they often at the end of the year will kind of say, "Okay, well, you need to use yeah, it up." You have to use. Okay, it up or else it's so fine. that's those. I don't love them, um, and do especially when you're talking about for your next year or your next two years. There is going to be a huge difference between uh, insurance and just savings, um, because when you're talking about savings, you know what you have the ability to save uh, like two thousand dollars a year, but your disability insurance could potentially pay out a lot more than that. Um, so especially if it's just for a couple of years, the insurance option might be better especially if that's just something you're concerned about. Um, but, of course, if it is just two years, you know, okay, maybe it's just an early retirement at that point. That's Those are the kind of pay, uh, trade-offs you need to look at. And with the uh, when, when I talk about the trade-off between just savings and insurance, w- we talk about people who are self-insured. You know, you, know, you don't need, you know, I saw someone the other day that had $50,000 worth of life insurance and a million dollars in investments. You know, that $50,000 of life insurance really wasn't doing anything for them at that point. If they died, like, it would make a pretty minimal difference. Um, so I could say, you know, you're self-insured there. You know, you're co- you're, you know your spouse is covered if you die. Uh, without that insurance. So, um, but just when you have a small amount of savings, then you're not. So, you know, if you just have a small amount of savings, having that disability protection, you know, just as insurance is important. Um, but otherwise, you know, if you have, if you have substantial, you know, uh, savings built up, you're close to retirement anyway, it might not really make sense to get disability okay. insurance because the let total benefit you. wouldn't, wouldn't right. make a big difference to you. Okay. Let me ask you this one. Uh, with things like this deferred comp, and I also have a couple other tax-deferred annuities, one through VOIA, one through American Fidelity. Ooh, I hate to hear that. Um, now, I'm paying into those a pretty good sum. I have some goals for my deferred comp, but I want to have a nest egg. How will I? I'll have to start withdrawing from that when I hit 70 and I retire because I've mm-hmm. already planned, you know, it. Janice, we're, we're getting up against the clock, so if you could uh, go ahead and ask your question, we'll give okay. you a quick answer. Can I pass those on to my kids? Uh, generally, yes. With the annuities, you're going to have to look at the terms of the annuities, talk to your insurance, whoever sold them to you. Um, I would suggest it might be a better idea to pay into a regular um, a regular investment account. Sometimes annuities do have a life insurance option on them. Um, your MDC, you can absolutely pass on to your children. All right, Janice, thanks for your call. That is about going to wrap us up for today. Uh, Just a reminder, as we said a couple of times, you know, your retirement's what you're going to live off of. That's your nest egg. So any decisions around that, do some planning. Uh, Don't jump into things too quickly. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial contributions from listeners like you. To hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash talks. The show is produced by Liz Gill. Today, our board operator was Java Chapman, and our call screener was Michelle McAdoo. So for Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's In Legal Terms. And we'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.